Welcome to Olivia Mythodrama's Leading in a Climate Changed World and our eighth episode. In this instalment, Robin talks to innovator and global brand changemaker Sarah Vaughan. With Sarah's background and influence within some of the world's biggest companies, the two delve into what it takes for corporations to undertake a transformation, allowing their brand to become synonymous with sustainability, from supply chain to workforce satisfaction. What impact do we have as leaders, and how do you consciously define your company's ethical purpose if the responsibility is towards the shareholders? As well as the usual look at the characteristics of leadership in a world focused on climate action, we look at how exactly we can engineer the epiphanies needed to kickstart meaningful change. There are many companies that are beginning to embrace sustainable business, and Sarah highlights how companies can learn from well-intentioned initiatives that don't go to plan. They discuss female leaders who have inspired and impacted the business world, and how leaders can amplify the forces which support transition to better working practices. Robin and Sarah discuss the impact of money and how we can lever the economic model towards sustainability, as well as the role of social media and marketing in the charge for good. Find more of our podcasts on leadinginaclimatechangedworld.com or our parent site, oliviamythodrama.com or search for Olivia Mythodrama wherever you get your podcasts. Over to Robin and Sarah. So welcome everybody to this podcast on leading in a climate changed world. It's an enormous pleasure today to be speaking to Sarah Vaughan in London. Um, Sarah Vaughan is an innovator, a positive change maker, and the creator of brands and companies with purpose. And she's done that successfully in-house for De Beers with Forevermark, which was their ethical diamond brand. She's worked with The Body Shop, where she was responsible for developing and driving The Body Shop's global brand repositioning, Beauty with Heart, featuring Lily Cole, and the Stop Sex Trafficking of Children and Young People campaign. And that remains the largest corporate-led petition ever presented to the UN, generating around 7 million signatures and affecting change in trafficking legislation in over 20 countries. And more recently, she was a vice president at Unilever, where she looked after sustainable business and global communications for all the categories and brands and sat on the global personal care leadership team. She created and rolled out the People Are Beautiful brand for Unilever, Unilever Personal Care, a 21 billion euro company, and also worked on the brand purpose for the 16 1 billion euro plus brands. So she's been extremely busy, and she now has her own consultancy working with companies and brands such as Unilever and Reckitt Bankheiser to innovate, create, and develop their purpose. And she's also a co-founder of Joytech, working with the tech giants to create more human-centered technology, and another organization called A Plastic Planet, campaigning for a plastics-free aisle in supermarkets. And lastly, she's also a long-standing volunteer for Glassdoor, the West London homeless shelter, and has just launched Homeless Stories, a campaign to demystify the homeless and homelessness. So, Sarah, you're clearly an extremely busy woman and um, doing an amazing amount of things, uh, depth and breadth. So it's an enormous uh, pleasure and privilege to, to have you with us today. And maybe we could just start in with a, a sense from you about whether the kind of transformation that you're supporting in the organizations that we've named, 
Does that feel like a, a little niche that a few people, uh, a few rare leaders are understanding the need for? Or does it feel like it's becoming more mainstream in corporate life? So I think that's a really good question. Um, thanks, Robin. And thanks for the great introduction. Um, so look, I, I pretty much think that all leaders understand the need for transformation in, in this day and age. Um, I mean, you know, the, the, the world is changing so fast and the problem is urgent. Um, the kind of bridges are burning. I think, you know, you've got supply chains being disrupted um, with complete chaos. For instance, the entire kind of Italian olive oil harvest is pretty much ruined. So, you know, what are all those companies relying on olive oil going to do this year? You've got Nebraskan farms underwater. Uh, <laughs> there's chaos kind of reigning in the planet. You've got changing consumer mindset where people are, are kind of changing what they want to buy and you've also got according to Gallup 85% of, of employees are unhappy at work so you know th these are burning platforms that people need to address I think that the challenge really is for leaders today is it's not understanding there's a need it's like how on earth do we do this <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of like yeah we, we, we get that we need to change but how, how you know what is the what we're going to do and how are we going to do it and I feel for me, that's where kind of companies really need to have a purpose because that really helps them define the what and the how. Um, and for me, a purpose is really the kind of the, the higher reason why your company exists, um, you know, beyond just making a profit in the world. And so I think once you've nailed your purpose, it, it's much easier to kind of navigate your way in, 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 in this world. It sounds great. And if I was to play devil's advocate for a moment, of course, people say, well, you know, I can't really afford to do the ethical thing. or I can't really afford to be purpose led because my responsibility is to the shareholders and I have to maximize my profits. And well, how do you respond to that? And what's your sense about whether that's really the tail wagging the dog or it's a real constraint? Um. Yes, and I think a lot of um, CEOs are exactly saying that. Um, but I, I, th I think the real uh, response to that is you can't afford not to <laughs> in this day and age. Um, I mean, you've got already kind of three billion um, was wiped off kind of major brands last year because people are actively boycotting them and I think you know if you're not actually doing this people are actually voting with their with, with, with their wallets and they're leaving your brands pretty much high and dry uh, in increasing numbers so if you don't change you're actually going to kind of lose 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 your lose your customers effectively right so you've worked with some of the biggest corporations, global corporations that we know of. Uh, maybe you could share with us some examples of the type of leadership that has brought about the kind of changes that we're talking about. What characterizes those leaders? Is there anything in common or any qualities that you would say they have? If we're developing a leadership development program, what kind of qualities do leaders need to have these days? Um, so I think that's, again, a you know, fascinating question, Robin. And um, I'm a great believer um, in, in the fact that kind of leaders of today are really great leaders of today are really espousing what I would call the, the feminine values of leadership. There is a wonderful book that I have here, and I'll, I'll give it a quick flash on the screen, uh, called The Athena Doctrine. Uh, and that's written uh, by John Gazelma and Michael D'Antonio. And this really sets out what the kind of the modern uh, kind of leadership values are. And I'll just run through a few of them, which I think will, will, will really resonate. Um, 
And I believe we're very much seeing this embodied, by the way, it, with kind of Jacinda Arden, you know, Greta Thunberg, and, and these kind of leaders. So it really is around a kind of an ability to nurture and empathize. Uh, then it's about leadership, which is intuitive. So these are real kind of heart-brain leaders. Um, they really have this idea of putting others before themselves. Uh, and Dr. Jude Curravan is working on this at the moment, and she's coined the, the phrase of severity. So this idea of, of the leader really in service to their employees, the planet, and, 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 and people. I think these guys also promote a very positive culture, um, you know, and, and a very inclusive uh, one with collaborative decision making. So you're really seeing kind of, you know, the young millennials actually being kind of, you know, given projects to run and are actually consulted um, and reverse mentoring with leadership teams to, 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 to actually kind of bring these things to life. I think they are very patient and I think they plan for the future and, and, and visionary leadership is absolutely key to this, particularly in this time of, 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 of what, you know, the, the uh, New York police and Paul Pullman coined as the VUCA world, which is, you know, um, a, a very kind of difficult world to, to, to navigate. I also think that they are uh, leaders that inspire through praise rather than criticism so it's you know gone is the kind of autocratic kind of military style of leadership um, that we've had for so many years um, I feel that they also believe that winning is plural so it's not just about I win it's about we win in fact you know it, it, in the greatest way it's about we all win. So someone like Yvonne Chouinard from Patagonia, who is an extraordinary kind of leader and founder, you know, he is campaigning. You know, it's, you know, the president stole our lands. <laughs> this is about winning for, 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 for the odds, not about him. He, he, he really is this kind of servant leader. I feel they also really acknowledge that um, transparency is key so their decision making is key and you know they're very um well they try to be very honest and transparent if you like about where where they're at where their company is at you know so it's not about spin this is about kind of genuine movement uh they're very passionate people i think that's absolutely key <laughs> and they love what they do uh and i think that's that's um, that's essential right especially if you're inspiring kind of workforces um they also, I think, really build for cohesion and they really get shit done, excuse my language, but, you know, they really do. I think, you know, gone again is this kind of divide and conquer and this rather kind of internal competitiveness. This is about kind of teams working together to kind of solve problems, you know, whether it's around single-use plastic or, or, or climate change or, or, or water or, 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 or things like that. And I think you're seeing extraordinary kind of models around that. For instance, you know, IKEA embracing the whole outreach with kind of refugees. You know, they started with you know, building, you know, um, houses for refugee camps. And, you know, they've actually extended that into skill building and actually even having kind of, you know, factories, if you like, and, and, and workmanship actually taking place, you know, in, in camps, which is, is extraordinary, you know, and, and, and really revolutionary. I also feel that, you know, it's, it's about a culture of fairness. You know, gone is the uh, sort of old boy networks, which is fantastic. And this is very much about diversity and inclusiveness, which is so important. Um, and I think also, importantly, it's about having, using vulnerability as a strength, you know, which is something that, that you know, traditionally, you know, in organisations would never, never, 
have come up. So, you know, the, the kind of old-fashioned model of leadership is about the kind of the great I am, the king, you know, who, 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 who knows everything. But actually, you know, this is about kind of, you know, leaders who actually go, I don't know the answer. <laughs> Please, can we do this together? I need, I need your perspective on this. And that is just amazing to see. And, and with that sort of humility and inclusiveness, you know, organizations are really thriving. And, 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 you know, people are feeling really motivated that actually what they feel or what they know makes a huge difference. Um, you know, and I feel that they're also organizations that really share so, um, you know, if we're doing something great, we're actually going to share that with you. And I think, you know, here Unilever is a great example of that in, in the sense that, you know, a lot of their, um, if you like, green innovation and project, uh, product design, they actually share the IP. You know, I, I mean, you know, normally companies would guard those with a kind of, you know, million kind of legal documents and, 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 and patents. But they're actually, you know, outsourcing. You know, they're allowing people to, 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 to access this, as is Tesla. I mean, they're producing the plants and saying, please go ahead and use this. This is the, for the benefit of all, which is extraordinary, right? I mean, you know, it, you know, even 20 years ago, everybody would say, you're absolutely, this is lunacy. <laughs> you know, you're sharing your, your crown jewels so I think I think that's 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 incredibly key yeah I, I, I really do and then I think lastly they always they're about them they're, they're always learning they don't know at all so they're open to to kind of new viewpoints and new sources of information from other people what a fantastic list of characteristics for the leaders of tomorrow it's like a great job description for the kind of leadership that we need right now yeah. and Maybe you could also think about a couple of examples of where you've seen this leadership really transform a, an organization. Also, all the kind of way through, because sometimes we come across organizations that have a, a kind of a CEO who's got a big vision, we're going to do this, but actually the employee is halfway down, they they're not really so bought into it. So how do you infuse, or how does leadership infuse the whole of an organization, like the DNA of an organization, to be on fire with the kind of qualities and characteristics and sense of purpose that you've just articulated? So, I, I mean, the most important thing really, again, is, is to really light the fire within your employees. So, you know, if you have a great corporate pur purpose that each and every one of your employees can really kind of resonate uh, with the purpose and interpret it in, 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 in their own way and really understand what their contribution is. Uh, there's a great story, I think, about someone going to NASA and talking to, to one of the, uh, the um, people who was sweeping the floor and he's kind of like you know what's your job here and you know the response was like my job is to sweep the floor so I can put you know men on the moon you know and and isn't that fantastic that really that there was that kind of connection and I think in large organizations in particular it's very easy to get lost you know if you're in finance or HR about really kind of what your role is so it's really about spending time with those people and really getting them to articulate how their job and how their function contributes towards it. So, you know, if you're in finance, you know, where are you getting your sources of finance from? You know, how do you pay your suppliers if you're a truly sustainable and purposeful business? I mean, you're going to pay them, you know, with here promptly <laughs> for, for starters. Um, and, you know, if you're in HR, you're going to find kind of like-minded people who've really got, you know, a vision and, 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 and want to be part of this journey. I think, 
you know, certainly, you know, somewhere like Patagonia is amazing. I mean, if, if you know, it's become so embedded in the culture that, you know, if they go on kind of environmental protests and actually get locked up, you know, your Patagonia will, 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 will help them with their kind of bail uh, and, and really supports this kind of activity and activism, which is absolutely kind of astonishing. So really, in summary, it's about, how you take the corporate purpose and how you really help people understand what their kind of functional role is within that and, and, and how does that ladder up to, 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 to the corporate goal, but also very individually, what is it that they're going to do to make that contribution? Right, and then you, you mentioned just in passing, but it feels like it's pretty critical at the, in, a, in a way that it's important to spend time with people. So it's, it's not okay for the leaders to sit in an ivory tower and say, this is what we're going to do. You actually have to travel around and be visible and talk to people and help them connect to a bigger sense of purpose and understand the constraints for them. And Yeah, absolutely critical. I mean, one of the best examples of, of that that I've ever personally seen is Dave Lewis, who is, who is the CEO of Tesco. I mean, who, who literally, um, you know, is, is known for kind of going on the road you know, literally with a kind of mobile office and he will literally go and sit in stores and be on the store floor and was encouraging everyone to get out of the offices and into the stores to really understand you know, what their shoppers actually needed and wanted and really remind everybody that they were in the business of serving shoppers and, 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 and retail. So it's absolutely essential. No ivory towers really about kind of getting to know your, um, you, you know, your team and really being kind of open to their feedback and, and, and challenges. I mean, Paul Polman regularly used to do um, internal kind of Q&A sessions over the, the um, over Chatter, which was the kind of internal, if you like, Twitter. Um, and, you know, those were, you know, people would ask very pointy questions to him, which he, he you know, he would respond. But it's essential, you know, that, that, that you know, the modern CEOs really do have that kind of finger on the pulse and, and also really do talk to their kind of younger employees because they really are the heartbeat and, and keep things real. Because otherwise, I think there is an ability for, for them to become a bit removed and also be surrounded by a lot of people who say yes. <laughs> right, right, exactly. And I'm wondering whether you think that the CEOs or the leaders, not necessarily CEOs, but let's say the people in the C-suite, those people, do you feel that they're born like that? Have they had epiphanies which have said, ah, I need to do this a different way? Can we support their development and growth in different ways? Like, how do, you, how do we grow leaders like that? Or is it just... Uh, matter of their own fate and destiny oh nature or nurture <laughs> that kind of thing yeah and also what's the role for leadership development like have you seen i guess my question is really have you seen leaders really move and develop and grow like that or have you just encountered people who feel like they've got it and they've had it probably for the last 30 years and now they have an opportunity to put it into practice so uh, again i think a really interesting question honestly i think it's a bit of both um if if truth be known i mean you know greta thunberg you know is is a very young girl who has you know overcome asperger's 
and uh, obsessive compulsive disorders to become you know a world leader who is up for you know nobel kind of prize nominations i mean you know how much of that is is nature and nurture i mean she she's she's very strong will she knows her own mind she's the one who became a vegan asked her parents to boycott air travel is really living by her principles so i think you know there is you know i i think some people are born with 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 qualities and and that kind of courage undoubtedly however i think most of it is 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 it for most people is learned actually um you know because no longer is leadership about the kind of need to you know control or be powerful which i think was 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 the kind of old-fashioned militaristic notion of corporations this is a whole different style of of of, of leader who is the kind of servant leader and i think that is something that, that they're continually learning and and i think that the really successful uh, leaders are ones that are, are on this this path of continual learning but the one most important thing that they all really need to have and know is what their own personal purpose is and that in itself can provide a moment of, of epiphany so with Paul Polman for instance there was a, a moment of epiphany you know where he really did realize that this was something which was you know potentially catastrophic and in which he he needed and ought to make a, a difference um and that's why you know he really led for sustainability and and did and has done so in, in such an extraordinary way so yeah and so would you say there's a role then for something that, that i'm particularly passionate about which is bringing together cross-sector dialogues where people in a way might sound a bit like engineering the possibility for epiphanies but it's something like that where we meet people who are not like us you know corporates meet ngos meet grassroots activists meets the un meets government where, where different entities come together who don't normally talk to each other and then there's a possibility for people to say ah wow i didn't really understand that you saw it that way or that the impact that we're having on you is like this is there a role for that is that one of the helpful things that we could be enabling i i would say that's absolutely essential um, so I really feel that, you know, again, getting leaders out of ivory towers and into dialogues and conversations, I mean, they're real people too. <laughs> and, and, you know, this, this real kind of understanding that we're at the, at the end of the day, we're all human. We all want the same thing, right? You know, we all want, you know, a happy and secure home for kids to be well for people to thrive for our planet to thrive and actually having those conversations can be miraculous right you know and and you know we often need different viewpoints on on on, on what's actually kind of happening so you know we can you know be quite naive sometimes in 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 what our you know our, our brand is doing or our mission's doing i mean i think tom's is a really interesting example of this you know tom's had a great idea which was to you know if you bought a pair of their shoes you know they would give you know a pair of shoes to someone in the in the developing world but what they didn't really realize was that they were single-handedly kind of destroying the uh, the cobbling industry in a lot of those developing countries and you know that was pointed out to them by by you know by ngos and and and, and you know since they've really actually come on taken that on board and and, and have really looked at, at the way that they're working to their credit and i really feel that kind of ngos and those kind of partnerships keep corporates honest uh you know it stops the brand bullshit because you can start to believe your own your own stuff if, if, if that's all you hear and i think 
you know, can provide very useful steers, viewpoints and perspectives and a kind of widening of horizons and an understanding of ecosystems in, in, a, in a way that you can't always see in isolation. Um, again, I think probably plastic is, is, is a really great example of this, that, you know, a lot of food retailers have been using plastic, uh, you know, because they felt it kept the, the food fresh. But, you know, with all the kind of understanding about what's actually happening with, 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 with plastic pollution in the world and actually potentially, you know, toxins from the plastic affecting our health, you know, that they are, are, are you know, the brave are really looking at this and kind of moving away from it. So, you know, people like um, Eric Dozer, Ecoplaza, you know, who, who introduced the first plastic free island supermarkets and richard walker at iceland have been extremely kind of brave and courageous in, in, in kind of making those moves and, and and kind of transforming the industry really it's all sounding fantastically optimistic i have a few other questions for you still though and I'm, i feel like i'm dying for you to reference also some women leaders because you, you spoke at the beginning about the need for feminine leadership which is not the same as female leadership obviously yeah. and we also know that the odds are stacked against people women still being in, in senior leadership positions. But I wonder if you can also reference maybe some women CEOs or people who are kind of senior leadership who you found inspiring on the journey that you've been, been mapping out for us. So, I mean, my, my, my two real kind of heroines of the, of the moment have to be Jacinda Arden um, and Greta Thunberg. I mean, right. just quite exceptional. And, mm. and, and both are playing an enormous kind of role in impacting you know business in the business environment i mean jacinda arden has 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 banned kind of new offshore kind of oil exploration from new zealand and we saw how far she acted on 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 guns in new zealand i mean she 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 is a force to be recognized um, and does it in an extraordinary kind of inclusive and and, and loving way uh, and and is creating more regulatory change in a brave way than, than kind of most other 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 countries greta i think for all the reasons we discussed earlier mm -hmm. is quite astonishing in terms of 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 you know female kind of ceos i mean you know they're sadly very thin on the ground right. um, even now and i think you know a large amount of what puts them off is is this kind of very hierarchical kind of pyramid system which is kind of you know let's fight each other to get to the top and become this very controlling leader so i i, I think that the system's not 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 well constructed towards them but i think there are some very notable examples um, so i would really call out someone like jane werwind at dermalogica who who's you know been an extraordinary leader and has built a business um you know uh, over the years which has become global and hugely successful and very much a kind of values related business um, also another jane jane sterland at willada who i think really embodies very powerful um, female leadership and is hugely inclusive and uh, you know really living by the kind of steiner principles that were later was formed on and also i feel you know there's um, tracy um woodward who is um heads up aromatherapy associates 
um, who again, you know, has a lot of these extraordinary skills, and you know, you know, is hugely honest. I mean, she she had a, a you know a very disadvantaged education at the beginning of her life, and was given extraordinary chances. And she is kind of wonderfully inclusive and brave, and a hugely inspiring kind of woman to to to, to speak with. But I think it's interesting. A lot of them are in the in the more kind of health and well-being sector, because that's where that kind of leadership is is more kind of uh, acknowledged, if you like, and, and revered. And I would very much hope to see some of you know these women actually, if if you like, kind of expanding their sphere, sphere, sphere of, of of influence and taking it elsewhere. And the fact is, I mean, you know, the, the beauty and well-being industry is growing exponentially. So, I mean, you know, not only they're trend, but, the, you know, these women are doing something very right. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So if we were to do a kind of force field analysis of the kind of forces that are supporting this kind of leadership when corporations and, and other organizations develop this sense of purpose, this planetary purpose, bigger sense of purpose, and the forces that are against that, where, what, 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 I guess my question is, how do you see those things? Like, what are the constraints and what are the problems that people encounter? And how can we best support and amplify the forces that are supporting this kind of transition? So in terms of the forces and constraints that I think are blocking um, leaders, um, I feel... Um, We'll come back to female leaders in particular, because I think that's, that's a special area of all of it. So, But I think fear <laughs> is, is, is the main one, fear of the unknown, the, oh my goodness, you know, yes, you know, we're going through a kind of transformational period in the world, but how do I actually deal with it? I think a lack of know-how, just in terms of like, how do I deal with this disruption and how do I lead for the future? A lack of purpose, both personal and corporate or brand, you know, particularly, you know, so many of them are still very financially orientated uh, rather than really thinking about kind of what's my higher purpose. And last but not least, and this is very important, is really the flow of money and the fact that, you know, most capital and most investors and shareholders are still thinking in very short term thresholds. And you know, that really is incredibly difficult. There's a real lack of, of sustainable financing with, 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 with a, a, a longer term growth. I mean, there are amazing things happening with kind of Al Gore and BlackRock and, and, and places like that. But oh, by and large, you know, people want, you know, investors want, you know, their return on investment every quarter. And, and they're not, you know, this, that's the major block I, I, I feel in terms of, 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 of allowing, you know, companies to, to and, and leaders to really kind of unleash themselves. So would that imply that the major lever that we need to access is actually shifting our economic model? Yes, I, 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 I firmly believe that we really need to look at the flow of money and have much longer term, you know, horizons and really get out of this very short term quarterly earnings mindset. Yes, I do. And did you see any kind of seeds of possibility? Have you encountered people or organizations or models that you find inspiring in that domain? 
yes i mean i, I at unilever we you know um paul um took the decision to stop really doing kind of quarterly earnings reporting because he felt it was very unhelpful for, for the company um and i really feel you know with you know al gore's fund uh and also sort of larry fink coming on board that there is a lot of hope you know that we've got major players who are very respected who are really kind of changing the shape of this and actually saying we need to look at this 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 differently so lastly it's been a fascinating conversation i really enjoyed it but lastly would you say you're optimistic do you think we're going to bend the curve kind of fast enough to to deal with the climate change challenge um i believe we really have to i think human beings are are hugely resourceful and um i i i, I was lucky enough to work with paul gilding who wrote uh, the great disruption when i was at unilever um who um very much you know espouses that you know humankind can can actually get themselves out of very tight spots uh, when needed i feel though we need to act now um and you know the ipcc has given us kind of 11 years <laughs> until you know climate change becomes unstoppable and i feel like you know even this week you know we've had these horrific floods and cyclones in in africa um you know there's also flooding in in nebraska you know all sorts of kind of you know horrible and horrific things are happening so it you know we're there now and the fact is that the scary headlines that we used to say will come 10 years ago are are, are now arriving on our doorstep so i feel that you know there is a kind of sense of urgency i feel that um you know you've also got within this the rise of the really mindful consumer who is actually demanding change and 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 wanting to see change from their brands and companies and demanding it um and you know you've got top trending hashtags you know around kind of hashtag vegan hashtag cruelty free hashtag plastic free so if you're really not kind of abreast of those kind of changes you're really very lost um and i really feel that you know there is a, a calling um, for brands and companies to actually solve problems, not even be the problem, don't even advertise yourself, actually go out there and solve problems because guess what, no one else is going to come and help. So, you know, that's where I really feel that you're seeing the rise of CEO activism and, and people kind of really, and brands really leaning in. So Airbnb, again, around, you know, kind of displaced and homeless people, their open house, um, you know, uh, initiative is extraordinary. Dulux, who are with their Let's Colour, you know, project of really kind of changing the face of, com you know, communities. You know, Dove with their self-esteem program, which is, which is unbelievable and has reached kind of millions of, of, of young boys and girls are, are, are around the world. And these are kind of much needed topics. Um, and I think also, you know, also driving this is this, 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 this understanding that people are the new media, as my friend Aftal Aziz would say, who's author of The Good is the New Cool, uh, which is an extraordinary book he and, and Bobby Jones have written. And that, you know, people are on their phones. We, we now live in a world where I, I think something like almost 5 billion people are connected on their mobile phones. You know, if you're doing the wrong thing, you will be found out. Um, you know, and, and people will talk about your brand and take it down. And, you know, if, 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 if you've got any decent social media monitoring, you realize that, you know, your, your brand and company is under scrutiny and is under attack. And there is, you know, an open invitation for, for you to really step up 
with your leadership team and actually make a bigger contribution to the world. And people will vote with their wallets. I mean, they will actually buy the products if they feel that your company is sustainable and you're really creating a change in the world. So it, 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 you know, it's, it's one of those things, yes, the world is in crisis, but crisis in Chinese also means opportunity. And, you know, this is a real opportunity for, for companies, brands and leaders who really want to step up for the challenge and do things differently. Yeah, great note to finish on, Sarah. Thank you so much. It's been a fascinating and deep and inspiring um, 30 minutes or so with you. And you remind us at the end, of course, that that's one of the places that we all have a lot of power. Every time we shop, we vote. So let's also use our own money wisely and make our consumer decisions wisely and contribute our best efforts and our best thinking to this. Absolutely. So thank you so much. I wish you every success in all the amazing work that you're doing. And thanks again for your time today. And yeah, just many thanks and good luck to you in the future. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Robin.